All right, hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Omni Talk Fast Five. Believe it or not, it is the last day of January, January 31st, Woo-hoo! 2020. Yes, we are one month closer to being done with winter here in Minneapolis. Funny story. Yes. Funny story. I ran into a friend of mine today from Colorado, and she was here yesterday. I don't know for in God's green earth why, but she was running a half marathon in St. Paul. And she told me that- Oh, it was the Winter Carnival. Yes, the Winter That's Carnival. That's what it was. Yes, yes, the Winter Carnival Marathon. For those of you outside of Minneapolis, we have a carnival to celebrate the awfulness that is winter. Yes, with ice castles galore and all kinds of stuff. But what she told me was frightening, that she was running the race and she had to stop because the like water pouch or whatever that she carries with her froze in the middle of the run. Yeah, I've done that half marathon, actually. Have I you? I don't know how I didn't think about it, did, but yeah. Did you have freezing water? water uh, no, I didn't. Said? I had more uh, convenience stores with overflowing toilets than I'd like to ever remember. That's what I remember from That's that a whole race. other topic, yes. The outhouse situation at most road races is far less than desirable, <laughs> but we won't we won't go there. Um but yeah, as you can tell, I'm joined as always by Anne Mazenga. Yes, I'm back from vacation. It uh, was amazing. Yeah, it was good, right? It was sunny Florida. I spent only one day in Costco with my father, so <laughs> somehow I, I I left unscathed. What but was it the, was wonderful. What was the main purchase at Costco? What drove the trip? A TV. A TV, of course. Uh, but electronics. And my dad saying you have to figure out how to make Costco check out better. We waited in line to get out of the Costco for I don't know. 20 minutes. It was ridiculous. That's why Sam's Club now is so good. It's so good. Don't you have like some bet that your father can outfit you with like Costco clothing too? I did get in trouble, not in trouble, but I was commenting on my dad's choice of clothing and how he looked really nice. And he always says when I compliment his clothes, you know where I got it? Costco. Does he say it like that? In that voice. Yeah. He has this like glimmer of like ear to ear smile. And so we had, we kind of had this bet. And so I'm about to be receiving a package from my father in Florida um, with an outfit that he found for me at likely at Costco that I'm going to have to wear as part of this bet. Yeah, you might have to wear that in our next, you know, as soon as it's available in our OmniTalk Fast Five. He did ask for a post, a blog post about the outfit that I get from Costco. So (laughs) it's going to be amazing. Nice, nice. And of course, we have Emma, the intern. Emma? How's school going? Very relaxing. This is like week one, right? You're in week two now. What you started last week. This is yeah. Like week two is over now. Week two is over. Emma's on cruise control. She's she's got one class and then she's done. So. Yeah. What's the class again? What are you taking this year? Advanced buying and sourcing. Advanced buying and sourcing. And who's the professor in that class? Peggy Lord. Peggy Lord. Shout out to Peggy Lord. All right. Advanced buying and sourcing at the University of Minnesota. Now, you, one person in our group is distinctly absent today, and that's Carter Jensen. So Carter, unfortunately- Saving the children one one child at a time. He is. He's actually doing some very admirable yes. work. Um, he is technically on assignment, uh, but we miss him. And yes, he's doing some great work. Uh, and uh, we will try to do our best and try to make him proud. We've got a fun, fun show today. I sound like Jimmy Kimmel or whomever, Johnny Carson. We've got a fun show today. Uh but it's cool. We've got some fun new companies. We've Carvana sneaks into the mix. Yes. We've got, we've got this crazy story out of Wisconsin that Ann's going to lead with and then stick around. But we've got some very pointed opinions about the new hire at J. Crew. What? Omnitalk well. has pointed opinions. Who knew? Hopefully humorous pointed opinions as well. Let's start by giving a shout out to our sponsor. Our sponsor is Trigo. Trigo helps grocers unlock the true beauty of brick and mortar retailing by designing 
a magical checkout free experience using computer vision and AI. Together with Tesco, Trigo is now building the largest checkout free store ever built. All right, Ann, start us off. You found this story today, which, you know, on first on first blush, I'm gonna say I was like, what the hell are you talking about here? But this one's kind of interesting as you describe it. So so what is this random factoid out of Wisconsin that you found for our audience this week? Well, it wouldn't be a, a great OmniTalk podcast without kicking it off with a store from Wisconsin. Uh, a story from Wisconsin about a store in Wisconsin. So we heard this week, um, Chain Storage reported that a single store property in Wisconsin sells for $36 million. Now, why is this important, you might ask? That's all that's on this property, right, is one freaking one, fleet farm store? One store. It is a fleet farm. Fleet farm is the tenant of this uh, 216,000 square foot building. Um, and the reason that this is important or that I think that this was newsworthy um, kind of relates to where the future of real estate and retail are going. So this made news in real estate headlines because it's a giant property. It was a huge expense, but you're, they're just not seeing people invest this amount of money. There were 10 offers on this property in for one space. And it's in the middle of nowhere. It's in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Right off of 94, there is development that's about to happen. But the reason I think this is important- Where is that? Put that in perspective. Uh, I think it's around Appleton. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know okay. specifically. Okay. Okay. I had a college roommate that lived there, but, but we you, never you, made it. You're familiar with it. I'm familiar. I spent some time in River Falls, and I know it's like a, between there and some Yeah. Else. Okay. Um, anyway, so- River Falls. <laughs> so- the the big thing that I think we need to pay attention here is this this is the center of this town. It's a, a giant piece of property. Fleet Farm is now there. Fleet Farm does a lot of things. It's a one-stop shop for people in small towns, especially for all of their farm and fleet needs, number one. But then they sell everything from golf clubs to tires. They can change tires in this space. They have cafes and things. And this is really just the beginning, according to Fleet Farm, of what they're going to do in this space. And I think tells the story of what kind of role retailers are going to play in these small towns being like the city center. I mean, the whole town is developing around this building that this company just purchased. Yeah, so. that, that was the interesting part of the story, right? That they have additional plans for development in and around the traffic that's getting to Fleet Farm on a consistent basis. Right, yep. When was the last time you guys, have you guys been in a Fleet Farm recently? Uh, it's been, I used to live really close Did to you one. Used to live to one? Yeah. yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. They had great deal. I mean, talk about like that, that is better than Costco to me. Like mm. it has all kinds of random things in it from pets to pet supplies <laughs> to camouflage lingerie. If that's your thing, you know, for some people, as long as you can see it. Hi. <laughs> all right. But anyway, yeah, we used to hire a lot of people, actually. I used to interview a lot of people from Fleet Farm, too. So, yeah, great company. Been around. Interesting to think. Yeah, we talk about Middle America and everything that's going to happen there in terms of retail. But, yeah, to see that there's 10 suitors for this space at that price point, and then there's plans to develop around it. Yes, the whole concept of the town square and how do those things start to redevelop. I think that's pretty fascinating. So, all right. I know this next story has gotten a lot of buzz on social media. I had a... Had a had a fun few rounds with a few people on it already on LinkedIn, but Emma, take us what take it away. All right, story number two: Amazon's newest retail format is pop-ups. After closing all of eighty-seven pop-up shops last year, the online giant has thrown its hat back in the ring. The company has opened five pop-ups in malls, according to a listing on its website. 
A sixth in Seattle is planning to open soon, and the new generation of Amazon pop-ups feature a themed selection of top brands that will be frequently updated, the company stated on its site. Yeah, that's wild. Like, I didn't even catch that part of the story too earlier in the week, but like they closed all 87, and now they're going after it again. Name a retail company that just shutters it and says, yeah, no, we're just going to start over. It's cool. We'll just start over this year. Mm, I, I mean, you're giving them a little bit more credit. These were like kiosks selling do. selling Amazon devices in the middles of, of malls. It wasn't like shutting down a whole store. but Sure. Okay. It's not as complicated, right? Yeah. Sure. Right, right, right. Okay. I got you. Yeah. It's like the thing. in. It's not It's not like the storefront. It's like just the thing you walk by. Yes. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yes. What do you think of this though? Emma, you love this story. That's not true. I actually think it's incredibly boring. Really? Why? <laughs> because I expect to see things that I haven't seen before from Amazon. And sure, they're adding in the like theme aspect of it. But what are the chances in these, like, if I even lived near one of these, yeah. what are the chances that the theme is actually going to apply to me? And they do rotate the themes, but still, oh. it's so specific. And why would I go to a pop-up of a theme that I don't care about? I think the Amazon goes and the four stars are much more intriguing physical concepts yeah. for the for Amazon. So that's kind of my take on it. See, I think this is so cool. Like, see, I'm like, I'm. Where are you on this, Anne? Like, are you, is this like, are you like, mm, huh, huh, mm, or no? Are you I, like, this is sweet. I wanted this story for sure on the map. I mean, I think that you know, one thing that I think is important to point out. So there's 26 Amazon Go locations open yep. right now. 22 Amazon bookstores. 18 Amazon four-star locations, six Amazon pop-ups, two Amazon fresh pickup facilities, plus the grocery store that's, you know, going to be rolling Absolutely. out this and year. And the treasure trucks, which aren't on the list either. That's right. I don't even know how many of those there are, but... I think that this is going to... I mean, I get what Emma's saying. It's not very flashy, and especially coming from the mall kiosks that were really disappointing that we saw, like, they got a lot of hype, but they right. were really disappointing. It's like everything that they do. This is only the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. This is like they're going to just keep gathering more data and keep gathering more data yep. and keep gathering more data. And then they're going to turn this into like they're going to look what they did with GH Labs. That's that's what the, where the future is going. We talk about how much like yeah. potential and legs this concept has, especially when you're using Amazon as your fulfillment provider. It, it's it's bigger than we know. Yeah, and it's not about being sexy. I think that's the key point here. This is not about being sexy. And by the way, when did we ever say Amazon was sexy? I, I don't think anyone in the history of the world has ever said Amazon is sexy. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Bezos, Bezos is in newly text. ripped. But let's let's be honest. You know, Amazon as a company, not sexy. No offense to anyone at Amazon. Love you guys for sure. Uh, but like, that's not what this is about. This is a this is about okay. Look, what you all those things you just said, treasure truck, GH, all that stuff. Even our own, our online e-commerce purchasing behavior, Amazon knows what every zip code wants and when they want it in mass, right? And so for people that are still going to physical locations where all this retail is congregating like malls, right? They can go in and they can just poach whatever seasonal related commercial traffic they want to poach yes. based on standing up these installations really quickly with technologies, whether it's GH Lab whether it's Amazon Go style things, it's super easy to put these in. So it's not any different than like, say the calendar guy that sets up shop in freaking November and December to sell, you know, little bunny foo-foo calendars. And like, there he is. But here it's Amazon doing it with all the products they have. Super easy, 
very low cost operations. And oh, what happens by t- when that goes on? You've got death by a thousand cuts to any of those retailers that are dependent on that traffic. And what happens is you're walking that mall, you're getting your freaking Annie's pretzel. And instead of going into that storefront, I'm on a roll today. Instead of yes. going to that storefront, you say, oh, you know, you know, I'll just take my Amazon app, buy this here. And that trip that used to go into that department store at the end is now 100% freaking gone. Yeah, I'm I'm especially watching the one in Seattle at their headquarters. That's the one that I'm going to be watching closest. I think that the other tests, the, you know, the camera set up at fashion show in Las Vegas and some of the other ones and less exciting, but, um, yeah, it's it's going to be. But there's something. a lot of dollars here at the key points in the key periods of time seasonally. So I, I don't know. I, I think this is an awesome story. Shout out to Laura for going a few rounds on this one, too. I love that. Always love that. I'm looking forward to seeing her soon, too. All right. I'll take story number three. Story number three is Carvana. Now, Carvana is a cool company. Now, the reason we're bringing this up is Carvana is actually making its way into Minnesota. Uh and Wisconsin. And Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, and so for those that are- more, from- more Wisconsin. Yeah, more, yeah. Go we Badgers. Got, Wisconsin always makes an indoor thing. I don't know why. It's just strange, but- Take that back. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, of course. I hate the Badgers. Yes, we have two University of Minnesota Gophers here. Obviously. Yeah, yay. All right. Uh, but anyway, Carvana, for those unfamiliar, is an omni-channel platform for buying and selling used cars. Carvana- Recently launched operations in St. Cloud, Mankato, and Rochester, as well as our favorite city in Wisconsin, Eau Claire. And basically, it allows customers to shop more than, they, I think they have roughly 15,000 vehicles on their site. And they say they can do it in as little as 10 minutes with an ability also to purchase and finance your car and trade in your vehicle. And if necessary, even get your vehicle delivered as soon as next day. And you've been following this for a while. You're pretty high. In fact, you're in the in the car buying frame of mind right now. Yes. I'm in a recently sold used car that I've had since 2007. Yeah, congrats on that. Uh, thank you. And now I've been looking in this buying market. We actually have some members at Third House who um, have dealerships and who are mm-hmm. who we've spoken to quite a bit just about like, what does the world of retail and buying a car look like? Like There really haven't been any disruptors in how car buying takes place. And it accounts for a pretty substantial amount of of retail that's done in our country every year. And so um, I think this is huge. It's bigger than people realize. I think this is this is if you talk to anybody in the car industry as we've started to do some research, this is the technology that is you know going to disrupt what car buying looks like. You bring a used car right now, what are your options? It's crazy selling it on Facebook Marketplace or one of these sketchy people on Craigslist, let me tell you. Right. It's been a, an experience. Yeah, I've watched it from afar. It's Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's crazy. And then the cash transactions and how that all happens is really sketchy also. Yeah. But then you think about this, your alternative is going to a car dealership right now. And that's how car dealerships make their money. They're making their money off of what the lowest possible price they can offer you to trade in your car and then how much they can resell that for. You know, with all these trends in the car dealership industry with like transparent pricing, um, there's a really great episode of Good Girls if you guys watch that about Dean, how he works for the transparent pricing <laughs> dealership. And he's like, I just made you five grand. And the guy's like, give it back. We do transparent pricing, <laughs> which apparently is a trend. Um, I don't even know what you're talking sorry. about. Sorry. going deep but but transparent pricing is a lot of the ways that dealerships are luring people in to buy a car from one dealership versus another because they make that money on the on the trade-in of the car and so for this to change the way for people to start doing these transactions like customer to customer it could have a huge impact on on car sales um in the future and so i think this is one to watch emma would you buy a car online 
I would because just a few months ago I had to buy a new car. That's right. And the process sucks. Like, yeah. Yeah. I did the too. big problem was I didn't have any money, but like, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have to trade in my car. I just got the insurance payout. But if I could have gone on Carvana and like just picked out a car and then gone and gotten it the next day, like that would have made my life so much easier. I had to go all the way to like Burnsville to get a car, which nobody knows where that is, but it's far. It's far. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of local <laughs> references today at the show, but uh, no, I mean, I had the same experience. I had to buy, an, I actually was in a position where I had to buy, I had to buy a new car recently and I spent six hours on a Saturday afternoon in the dealership and Mrs. OmniTalk is texting me and she's like, when are you coming home? I'm like, I'm not even through the financing yet. I have no idea. Like, I, I honestly, I don't think I'm going to be home for dinner and it took forever. And I was like, why is this, why does this process take me so long? And you, and you know, the, the arguments you always hear, right? Is like, well, I need to test drive that car. I got to mm-hmm. touch and feel that car. Yes. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Do I? I don't know. Well, I mean, you can return it in seven days if you don't like it. They right. uh, they do financing. They do all these things. I mean, I it's crazy. It's like car nirvana. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like the cat. That was my Chris Walton joke for the week. Yeah, mattresses. Yeah. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna get oh us out of here. Here. Uh, let's go to the next story. <laughs> let's keep moving. All right. Talk about Nirvana in other areas of the world. Uh, yeah, the... We talked about this one a little bit last week. Yeah. And then here it is in the headlines. We talked about this conceptually. Yeah. I love it. So the vitamin shop has officially opened for business in nine uh, LA fitness locations. They announced this week. So chain store age again with a story. They opened, um, they opened a total of nine, a few on the East coast, some in Florida and a few on the West coast also. And I love this move. One, because I'm also side hustle in the fitness industry, but I also love their CEO. Um, I've referred to Sharon Leach, who's their CEO, in a few things. And she has this, this quote and this whole theory about how oh, she's going to take this. the vitamin shop. Like, because they closed a bunch. We reported earlier in the year they closed a bunch of their bricks and mortar yeah. locations. Sorry, speak at Etail, actually. So I'm curious okay. what your take is. We haven't talked about this. So she has this quote, and this is how she kind of her, her approach to, um, to how she's going to take the vitamin shop into the next kind of years of retail. She said, if you think about how the customer shops, it's not about bricks and clicks. It's about interrupting the pattern of shopping for the consumer and servicing them where they are. And I think this is a great example of this. This is something that I like to talk about a lot in any of the presentations that I've been giving just about how, you know, retail is everyone's business now. And this is a great example of a a place that you're making repeat visits to, like a health club, taking on a retail partner, somebody who's thinking, you know, has a similar audience. You know, one plus one equals three here. I think this is amazing. Um, And I'm really excited to see where they take it as they consider expansion throughout the rest of the year. Um, They're kind of, they said, department stores they're considering which i don't love that move as much but uh but either way i think it's smart and i'm 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 gonna keep an eye on it emma where does the vitamin shop fall in the in the uh consumer behavior habits of say the generation z at Mm, the university of minnesota i would say probably it is obsolete i think that the majority of people my age, you either are picking up those like Ollie vitamins at Target or you found some kind of like D to C vitamin company that you found on Instagram scrolling through your feed. And that's where the majority of people are going to get their vitamins. The only question I have yeah. for you, when you look at the fitness market, LA Fitness is one of the most approachable <clears throat> monthly fitness memberships for people. I think especially, you know, College is one thing because you usually have gyms on campuses and things, but it's kind of the next level, like low budget place. If you could 
while you were there and there was maybe preferred pricing for LA Fitness members, do you think that if you saw something like, oh, I could get my protein powder here and it's the same price as Target, I mean, do you think that they could be going after a new audience? No, I absolutely agree with that. I think that being a college student, I'm definitely this weird, my gym is on campus and like they're not really going to sell me vitamins. But I do think once I get kicked out of the college gym, like if I could get my vitamins the same place I work out, I definitely would. Cool. I think there's the the other interesting theme there that I've been thinking a lot about too, and it just made me think about it again, is like, there's still, I feel like there's still going to be something about the efficacy of this too. Like you can be an upstart and this can be for anything too, but you can be an upstart DCC brand and you can be cool and you can spend a lot of money on branding. But over the long run, if your product is not better performing, you know, at what it's intended to do, you know, I, I always do wonder what the staying power of that is. And so I think, you know, I think that's partly why, you know, kind of places like this and, you know, GNCs of the world and that kind of stuff, they exist because there is some type of reputation that they bring to the party. Uh, in terms of what's going on. But yeah, I think, and your point too, about like this being another example of embedded retail, where is retail in the moments in yeah. people's lives where it matters. We wa- we wrote about the Starbucks pickup only store uh, in Forbes this week, which has gotten a pretty good, um, a pretty good response uh, so far as well, where, you know, it's, it's just about what are the right experiences where people need them most consumer um, or customer service is so important an angle to all of that. But, you know, you can think about retail in a lot of different ways. And like you said, one plus one, can equal three, you just have to be thinking about who those partners are. Or when Lululemon starts making their own vitamins. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or you go vertical and you just kind of do that all right. yourself and create that full experience. But yeah, it's, which it sounds like the, they're, we've talked about that before too. Which yeah. they, ha- they have the ability to do that. Not everyone. Right. Not everyone does. But yeah, no, it's similar. It's what we talked about when we were here last week with Cara. We talked about, you know, CVS and the micro gym, micro gym trend. And it's just, you know, right along those very same, same lines. All right. Last story. I'm kind of excited to talk about this one. You guys might have to rein me in on this one too. I'm a little, oh a little worried about it actually. But I know, right? But J. Crew has tapped the former CEO of Victoria's Secret to be its new CEO. So that's right. The retailer J. Crew announced that quote after a thoughtful and extensive search unquote is there any other kind? It has appointed Jan Singer to serve as CEO effective February of 2020. She was most recently the CEO of Victoria's Secret, as I said, and she will also join J. Crew's board and assume all responsibility, all responsibility, if you're using good English, for all aspects of the J. Crew and J. Crew factory brands and businesses. I'm going to hold my thoughts on this. I'm curious what your initial review of this is as a hire. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to like, I don't know this person I don't at all. It was really hard to find out a lot of background information about her. So it's still kind of a mystery. I mean, she's got some big titles and former retailers or brands, Spanx and Nike on her background. They claim that they're hiring her because she knows how to modernize omnichannel brands. I am curious what she did at Victoria's Secret that reflected that personally, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think J. Crew is in a trying position right now. I'm wondering how how difficult it was to find somebody. It took a year to just fill this role. So, you know, is there people who are big advocates of turning around or kind of bringing J. Crew into the next generation of retail? I don't, I don't know. God, I, yeah, I see. I, I think that'd be a fun job. God, I, I mean, I really, really? yeah, I think you could, I, I could see a lot of ways to take that brand in new directions 
through different capabilities that you could light up, especially because it has, it still has somewhat of a premium position and a premium cachet and a following that I think you, and, and you used to work there. I mean, you, you know. Yeah, I, I, I definitely would agree with you. I just think it's hard to, I mean, I think that's why they've seen the success with the Madewell brand and why they're spinning that off as its own kind of concept um, outside of the J Crew like right. umbrella a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, it's, I think J Crew just, they need to modernize. They mm-hmm. need to figure out what the hook is going to be to get those millennials and Gen Z shoppers spending money there again. Cause there's nothing about that product that distinguishes it anymore like it used to. No, that part's for sure hard. That's part's for sure hard. But, you know, with the right, I think trend design, you can still do that. It is your own product. Emma, before I I go off on what's probably going to be a massive diatribe that maybe I even regret at some point. Any any thoughts on this one? Not anything important. I mean, I definitely would love to see J. Crew kind of revolutionize and modernize and appeal to more and more consumers. However, and like Anne said, I don't know anything about Jan Singer other than she was the CEO of Victoria's Secret, but I'm not convinced that someone from Victoria's Secret, whereas Victoria's Secret has kind of become obsolete in my mind too, is going to be able to come into J. Crew and fix the problems. Yeah, I don't know anything either. And I think that's, you know, I think that's it. I mean, I think that, I think the t- couple things right now is like, there's an Americana that you guys are hitting on with J. Crew that I think is important. And so I think just having that as a bullet in the chamber makes it an interesting job. Mm-hmm. But there are things, there are big red flags for me when I just look at this hire, just, and I try to look at it through objective data. Like, here are the questions I have. She worked at Nike. Yes. She worked at Nike for a long time. She left in 2014. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was six years ago. Mm-hmm. She then went to Spanx. She Good was math. At, she was at, thank you. Thank you. That's tough today. She then went to Spanx. How long was she at Spanx? A year and 10 months. She then went to Victoria's Secret. How long was she at Victoria's Secret? Two years. Mm-hmm. How is Victoria's Secret doing currently? How have they handled the omni-channel transformation? I think a lot of us would have questions of that. You also raised that question, Anne. So I think back, I look at that timeline, I go, wow, those are some really quick job changes. Mm-hmm. Also, by the time you held a significant position for any period of time, it was 2014, where a lot of what's happening in retail in terms of the transformation and digital becoming more important, and even the stuff Nike was doing, none of that was even happening to the degree that it's happening now. That cauldron mm-hmm. is so much more intense than it was in 2014. So the question I have is, do you really have someone here from a resume perspective that's ready to think about J. Crew the brand as a product that you're selling to people, not the products on the shelves, but as the product you're selling to people to take this into the next decade? Based on that information, I would have to say almost decidedly, it's a tough sell for me to buy into that. Who would you, where would you look? Like if, if, if you were on the J Crew board and it was open to you, what kind of what kinds of people or stores would you l- try to recruit from? Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to this. I w- that's a great question. I was talking about that exact question to a COO of a very large um, uh, pharmacy retailer earlier this week, and he and I were talking. And I said, I would just dist- you have to look for one of two characteristics. You have to look for either somebody that's younger that has experience shaping a brand or products within the full scope of all that's happening digitally, or you have to find somebody that you are 100% sure has the curiosity or the mindset to approach it like someone who has done that. Yeah. Um, I actually think the first is the former is probably easier to find than the latter, mm-hmm. because I think as you get older, the harder it is to do that, but it can be done for sure. But I think it's gotta be a combination of curiosity and experience having done it to some degree that really leads the day. I'm really surprised they're not looking internally more like 
like to take somebody from who's who's been working in stores who grew up in the I mean, there's got to be some people who have spent some significant time there who've, you know, seen the transformations that have taken place over the last you know few years with Jenna Lyons leaving and kind of yeah. the design direction changing. I mean, I'm a little there may not have been anybody to pull from, but I think your point is valid. And like I would be looking for somebody who's going to change the who's got some new thinking or who's younger and eager and really wants to try to get to the pulse of this next generation and what they would look for. There's a there's a market for J. Crew clothes, but Everlane is like killing it in that same area. And they're being transparent. They're hitting on all the things that the Gen Z and millennial audience are looking for. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a struggle for them. I yeah. hope I hope it, they can do something. Yeah, it's a tough. I think it's really hard. I mean, it's, I think it's just really we've talked about this a lot, but it's really hard to grow up as a legacy bricks and mortar retailer. Mm hmm. And to know how to think about consumer experience design across all of the tools that are in the toolkit. It's a tough skill to learn. Yeah. You can't just learn it overnight. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of, I mean, I'm learning something new about e-commerce every single day. Like today I spent time, like this is the mechanics of how reviews work and all the different things that are involved in that. That's just one aspect of that operation. Yeah. There's just so many things that are important to understand. And so I think you've got to have people that are skilled in doing that. And you want to have a tracker to success. And I have trouble seeing just objectively from the resume on LinkedIn, the only thing I looked at of how this person stacks up there. Yeah. So you guys agree. We'll see. All right. Awesome. Well, let's close us up for the week. That was kind of a crazy episode. It was fun. We had a lot of laughs. <laughs> so I, many local references. Local we were, this references. is like the hometown episode for OmniTalk. And then at one point you dropped Good Girls, which I don't even know what show that is. What is that? Oh, you need to watch Good Girls. Who's in that? It's the Christina, I can't remember her last oh, name, from, from Mad Men, Men okay, and Mae Whittington, or I can't remember oh, her last Parenthood. name, from Parenthood. Yes, okay. It's a bunch of moms and sisters who you'll find out. They, they start out robbing a bank in the first, or robbing a grocery store in the first episode. Oh, and so there's All some right. just Which we would things. never condone, by the way. Not no. good behavior. Um, please remember, of course, as always, to like, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you have a chance right now, stop what you're doing. Every difference makes a difference. Really appreciate it. If you haven't followed us on LinkedIn too, be sure to do that. Our numbers continue to grow there. Housekeeping announcement. I'm actually at the National Association of Convenience Stores Leadership Conference next week doing two keynotes, Nax. believe it or not. Yes, at the NAX conference. Uh, and the big one is on uh, Thursday morning talking about how to thrive in this new era of convenience and what convenience means. So if you happen to be out there in Florida next week, definitely hit me up. We'd love to talk to you. As always... On behalf of Ann, Emma, and Carter, who's doing some very admirable work, be careful out there.